week before last, I called your attention to our baptismal covenant right before we renewed our vows. Yes, it was the celebration of the baptism of our Lord, but it was more than that. It was a chance to really consider what we promised to do as Christians. We often focus on the last few promises we make in the baptismal covenant. Seek and serve Christ in all. Strive for justice and peace. Respect the dignity of every human being. Sometimes we skim right over what we say at the very beginning of the covenant. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us. Yes, dear friends, God calls to us all. Today's gospel, Mark tells the story of how Jesus begins his work. John the baptizer is in prison. Without a break, Jesus immediately, to borrow one of Mark's favorite words, begins to preach that call. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. That is the call, plain and simple. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. Return to the Lord. Believe in the good news that Christ Jesus came among us and is with us still and will be with us always. He lived, worked, suffered, died, and rose again that we might have eternal life. Belief in these things grounds our faithful living as people called by God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But we need to remember that our discipleship has no bearing at all on the reign of God. But it is the reign of God that fosters our discipleship. Ted Smith, an assistant professor of ethics and society at Vanderbilt Divinity School, explains it this way. We do not repent in order to usher in the time of redemption, but because that time is already at hand. We do not become fishers in order to meet the quota that will summon up the reign of God, but because that reign has already come near. We do not follow Jesus with the hopes that one day we might find him, but because he has already come and called us. Jesus begins to gather his core group of disciples, Simon, Andrew, James, and John. They aren't any more special or worthy than you or I are. Jesus called them in the moment. He was the fisherman, and they were the netted fish. He literally catches them. When they hear his voice, they immediately repent in the most literal sense, and turn 180 degrees to follow him. They forsake their families, their homes, and their livelihoods to answer Jesus' call. None of us are called to a life of discipleship because we are talented or smart or rich or adept at catching fish. Just like the original disciples, we make mistakes, 
and misunderstand what we are supposed to do or how we are supposed to live. We are constantly in need of forgiveness for our failings. Thankfully, God's grace is always present. Our call is always there to repent and believe. It is never rescinded or canceled or taken away. When we do repent and believe in the good news, that is what fosters our discipleship and enables us to live out our calling. We always have a chance to start over. What did Benedict say? Always we begin again. We always have a chance to live more and more into our baptismal life, into the hope in God's call to us. It doesn't matter how we are called, what talents or gifts we possess. Living a called life for me is not what living a called life means for you. What I repent is not the same as what you might repent. We are all beautifully, wonderfully, differently made by God. We don't respond to God's call in the same ways. We have different gifts, different ideas, different feelings. God's call is the same for us all. Repent and believe in the good news. The good news that the kingdom of God has come near is true for all of us. What matters most is that we live a called life, seeking to do God's will in the world for each one of us in our own individual way. In the collect for today, we prayed for the grace to readily answer the call, to proclaim to all people the good news. Are we ready? Lately, I think the time is being a little more fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come a little nearer. We saw a glimpse of it in the person of Amanda Gorman, the young poet laureate at the inauguration ceremony on Wednesday. I'm sure she's the hot space on the preaching bingo card today. In her bright yellow coat and bright red headscarf, an homage to Shirley Chisholm, and her style which echoed Wheatley and Dunbar and Hughes and Angelou, her words as piercing as Dr. King's. My goodness, she convicted us all to the call. If you didn't hear her or read her poem, The Hill We Climb, please find it. I think she comes closest to the kingdom with these words. And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us but to what stands before us. We close the divide because we know that to put our future first, we must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. What we are called to is a changed mind, a changed heart, 
a changed direction. But it is also a calling to put to death some things. Bias, prejudice, privilege, ego. It is a calling that asks us to take up greater servanthood, greater truth-telling, greater forgiveness, greater compassion, greater love. There is hope in God's call to us. Let us answer and act. Amen.